0: We need a transformed people. God is looking for a transformed people. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Judges. We are in our series on being a warrior. We have been talking about this. Be the warrior that God has called you to be. We must be warriors. And every week I want to ask you and continue to ask you, how was your week? What did you do as a warrior for the kingdom of God? How did you impact the people around you? Who did you impact this week for Jesus Christ? What is God doing in And through you as a warrior. Did you get to pray with somebody this week? Did you share Jesus with anyone this week? Did God reveal some truth to you? Did God come through with a weapon, a scripture? a powerful tool in the midst of a battle you were going through to help you defeat the enemy. I'm challenging you. This warriorship, this being part of the kingdom of God, is not something we just say that we're a part of and yet we just go through in some type of passivity. This is an active, an action-based mentality that we have got to get in the church today, that we are to take the land, we are to take what God has for us, and we have to go after Him with everything in us. And that means we have got to go after the kingdom of God with all that we have. And we have to know Him and we have to be ready to be used by Him. And we have to be ready to take up the weapons of our warfare and win! Not because of who we are, but because of who He is. So this morning we go back to our series on the warriors. We've been looking at some, weop- some warriors of the Old Testament So many lessons to be learned. I don't know about you, but daily, I I seek to learn something. I figured out that when we stop learning, we stop growing, and when we stop growing, we stop living. Hear me. When you stop learning, you stop growing, and when you stop growing, you stop living. You have got... To learn every day something new. And no greater place to learn than in the Word of God. And daily, you could open up His Word, and He was gonna give you something you've never seen before, something that He's gonna enlighten you, something He's gonna just go boom. Here it is a truth that He's gonna say, This is what you need, this is what you need for this moment. He gives us that lens that the Holy Spirit, you know, when you go to the eye doctor, they give you all those lenses and say, which one looks the best? There's times when God just gives you that correct lens from the Holy Spirit and you see in His Word and you go, that's it. He gives you that correct lens to see through. Let Him be your guide. Let Him teach you and learn. So, what did you learn this week? What did you learn this week? Think about it. Did you learn anything? Or no, we all know it all, right? Oh, no, we're not teenagers. (laughs) Sorry, teens. What did you learn this week? Did God speak something into you? And it doesn't always, you know, we can learn things that aren't always spiritual, but, you know, learn something every day. Learn something. What did you learn? If you can't look back at your week and say, I learned something, then maybe you need to learn to live again and start looking for ways to learn. I learned a couple weeks ago that as much as I hate picking up leaves and when they tell me it's going to rain, I can pick them up really fast. I all of a sudden had time to pick up the leaves. Motivation. I also learned last week, not this week, the week before, that when I'm sitting in a deer stand, it can get hot. Usually I think of deer hunting in cold. It got hot. I was sweating. And then I don't think that you can see deer when it's hot, except my dad. Except my dad, he did. I also learned this week that no matter how old you get, time hunting with your dad is invaluable. And it really isn't about the hunting. Spent five days in a car with my dad hunting deer. Traveling around the Black Hills, getting out, walking, hunting. Him getting a deer... Invaluable time with my dad. He's going to be 75 years old, and I get time to spend with him. I learned that those times are invaluable. Treasure them. I also learned this week that with age comes limits. (laughs) Both on my dad's side and mine. What we used to do easily doesn't come so easily anymore. I don't know how many times my dad looked at me and said, I don't know if I'll ever get to do this again, that limits come with age. Treasure the moments that you have. God has a lot for us to learn about being warriors. We've been on this for almost a year. The next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about a warrior named Samson. God wants you to understand today, to learn something. Some of you, I, I'm really believing that some of you, this may be the first time that it becomes a reality to you that God has a call on your life. If you're a child of God, you have a call on your life. You are called by Him. You are chosen by Him. You are picked by Him for something to do in his kingdom. You are chosen. Samson was called for a certain task for his life. You have a calling on your life. Let's start, and I'm going to read... Just a few verses. I'm not going to read this whole story because it would take forever. But I'm just going to jump around here. We're going to start in chapter 13, verse 1. Would you stand for the reading of God's word? Verse 1 says, Again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Hmm. They seem to do that a lot. And the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. Now there was a certain man from Zorah... Of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed, now you are barren and have, have borne no children. Like she didn't know that. But you shall come, and you shall conceive and bear a son. And now, therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean for behold you shall conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come upon his head for the child shall be a nazarite to god from the womb and he shall begin to deliver israel out of the hand of the philistines dropping down to verse 24 so the woman bore a son and called his name samson and the child grew and the lord blessed him And the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at Manana, Dan, between Zorah and Eshtol. Then verse 1 in chapter 14. Now Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah, the daughters of the Philistines. So he went up and told his father and mother, saying, I have seen a woman in Timnah, the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore get her for me as a wife. Then his father and mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren or among all my people? That you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she pleases me well. But his father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord, that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. For at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart as he would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hands. But he did not tell his father or mother what he had done. Dropping down to verse 19. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, and he went down to Ashkelon and killed 30 of their men, took their apparel, and gave their changes of clothing to those who had explained the riddle. So the anger was aroused, and he went back to his father's house. And then in 14 and 15 of chapter 15. And when he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting out against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the ropes that were on his arms became like flax as it burned with fire, and his bonds broke loose from his hands. He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, reached out his hand, and took it and killed a thousand men with it. And then Samson said, With the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps with the jawbone of a donkey I have slain. A thousand men. Father, teach us. Teach us to follow the call on our own lives and seek the anointing of God. May the Spirit of God come upon us like he came upon Samson to fulfill the call that's in our lives. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. God is calling you. You. We often talk about Calvary. We often talk about the church. But today's message is specifically to you. Not to your neighbor. Not to someone else. Not to somebody sitting out across the sanctuary. This is to you. God wants to talk to you this morning. Because he's calling you to be a warrior. Yes, you. Just like he called Samson... He is calling you to go forth. He has a call on your life to do something and a particular thing that you have to do in your lifetime. Samson was chosen. We go, oh yeah, well, you know, it was a dramatic thing. Here in Judges, you know, his mom has found out that she's going to have a baby and she hasn't had any. And yeah, it's all this big dramatic call. And we make a big deal of, you know, oh, and God calls you into ministry. God calls us into professional ministry or pastors or teachers or, or whatever we, we do. We, we make a big deal out of all of that. And I'm not, and I'm not saying maybe we shouldn't. But, but we also need to start making a big deal out of the call of God on all of our lives. Because we all have a calling. And, and there's nothing in this kingdom business that is about me or about you. It's about us. And if you don't take your calling, and I don't take my calling, and the next person doesn't take their calling, and fulfill it to the call of God, then none of it works. It takes all of us being who God calls us to be and to fulfill that call. The story starts with Samson, with his mother and father. Who are barren, and I just laugh at this because she had no kids, and then he says she had no kids, and he repeats it twice. It's like she, and then he tells her that three times. It's like the poor woman knows she doesn't have any kids. Got the point across, and he said, But you're going to conceive and you're going to have a child, and he His calling, his sole purpose is to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines, to start the deliverance of the Philistines, from the Philistines. There's three callings in this story already. He called the mother, he called the mother to not just conceive a child and to birth it but to raise it in a specific way. Don't drink. Don't do all these things. Keep him pure. He is a Nazarite. And do not do these things to his body. He is different. He has to... He's got to have this vow. So she has a calling to raise him. She has a purpose. If she doesn't do her job... Samson doesn't become the man he can be to deliver them from the Philistines. The dad has a reason because he talks about this is one of the places where the father and mother are talked about in dealing with the child on a regular basis. You don't see that all throughout scripture, but here you see it. He says, my, He went with his mother and father, his mother and father were involved. He was the son of Manoah. He, this was the whole thing. Dad was involved. Dad was there helping mom make sure that he became the child that he was supposed to become. To become the warrior that he was going to become. The call of God. The call of God. God is called You. Some of you in this room from a young age knew that God called you to do something and you didn't do it, and God is still waiting for you to respond to that call. Some of you are sitting in this room today and God has a call on your life and you're denying it because you decided that you're retired. You decided that it's time to be done. I'm not going to be a warrior because I'm done. Somehow in America, we decided when we hit 55 or 65 that we're retired and we don't have to do anything anymore. You know, I, I was in the retirement class here a few weeks ago about my retirement and finding out that I'm probably never going to be able to retire financially. And I'm sitting there listening to this and I began to f- comprehend how do you retire When God has called you and given you a calling, whether it be ministry or whether it be something else, how do you just walk away from the call that God has on your life? God has a calling on your life. You are called. What are you called to? I don't know. That's between you and God. You need to spend time with him and figure it out now I think that our calling can change over time you could be called as a younger age to do something and an older age to be something else but the one thing I know and I believe with all of my heart that God's call and God's anointing on our lives does not end because we hit a certain age we have got to continue to do the ministry that he's called us to be a part of what has God called you to do? What is? Look at some of the scriptures that we have that God has encouraged us. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14. Paul says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Press towards the call. What is God calling you? What has God spoken into your life? Go after it. Press in. Now's not the season to stop. We're at the end. pastor did a great job this morning of talking about the, the moment in time that we're living in. Now's not the time to retire. Now's the time for the kingdom, to have God to pick up their weapons or their warfare and become warriors for the kingdom of God. Answer the call. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 says, you are a chosen generation. I think we heard this last week at the banquet and last Sunday a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you That you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give you. Do you understand that before time, God knew that you would choose to follow Him, and He chose you, and He called you, and He has a plan and a purpose? That plan and purpose had nothing to do with just surviving until He comes back. And had everything to do about becoming a warrior in the kingdom of God. He has chosen you and appointed you to bear fruit. Not to hide the talent in the ground. But to make it produce. To make it produce. Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as He chose in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him. I think we quote this verse way too much and too flippantly. But I think this morning that we need to get a hold of this verse in Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb... I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Now, take that last piece off, prophet to the nations, and put in there. This is your calling. God says, Before you were born, I sanctified you and I ordained you. And what's your calling? For Samson's mom, it was the calling to be a mother and a trainer and a teacher into Samson's life. For Samson, God ordained him before he was born to be a warrior that would overcome the the Philistines. What does you put behind there? To Jeremiah, he was saying, I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. What do you put behind there? What has God called you to? And if you're sitting here this morning, you say, I have no idea why I lived. I have no idea what my purpose in my life was. I may have lived all these years and I have no idea what my purpose was. Then I want you to do something this week. I want you to go after God with all of your might this week and say, God, I need the calling that you've told me and shown me, and I want it to be revealed to me in a powerful way. God, speak to me. Stop thinking about calling as a pastor or a preacher or somebody on a stage. Start thinking about the calling being that what God has given you and gifted you to do. The calling of God to be a mom. The calling of God to be have the gift and the, and the training and the, and the willingness and the personality of hospitality. To, to have that personality that can, can talk to people or, or to, to invest in people, uh, to, to give, to evangelize, to, to do whatever it is that God has called you to, gifted you to do. One of Calvary, and I, and I use it as a church-wide thing here, one of Calvary's gifts, one of God's callings to Calvary. We are not all going on the mission field, but we can sure give. And we do it well. We do it well. We give to missions and we give to missions and we give to missions. If I told you, if I had in my head, I can't add that fast, the total that you guys gave last week to the three missionaries, it would blow your mind away. It's our, it's, it's our calling. We can't all go, but we can sure make sure that those who are going can go. And our missionaries can't go if we don't give. What piece of the puzzle in your life has God called you to and used you in? Put it behind there. I have, before you were born, before I created you in the womb, I made you and I sanctified you as a what? Maybe it's not a prophet to the nations. Maybe it's not to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines, but it's your calling. It's your place in the kingdom of God. If you go into, the, into 1 Corinthians and just read how the pieces of the puzzle have to fit together in the body of Christ. It's beautiful. It takes all of us fulfilling our calling. And God has called you. There's three things that I want to leave with you this morning that God has called you to do as a believer in Christ and I believe before the foundations of the earth when he called us he called us to do three things number one he called you to love people he calls you to love people you say well I don't have a calling yeah you do If nothing else, if you want to put everything else God tells you and talks to you about and put it in a barrel, that's fine. But you can't put these behind. The second greatest commandment, he says, is what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love people. The second thing that you are called to do as a believer in Jesus Christ is to live sanctified. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God is looking for a people who will live different than the rest of the world. I'm not saying that we need to go back to the 1940s and all the legalism that we had. Just think about that. We're almost to the 2040s. (laughs) But I am saying that we have gone too far the other way. We've compromised. And we don't look any different than the world. We act, our language, our lack of love for people. It looks just like the world. In fact, there's some secular organizations and secular groups out there that can outlove us The third thing is we have to evangelize. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. We are called to tell people about Jesus Christ. We can love them. You can show them. But until you speak it to them, it doesn't do them any good. You have to. You have to tell people about Jesus You have to tell people about Jesus. They don't have to receive it. But you have to tell them. They may deny it. And 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 as the word of as Paul says, some are gonna water, some are gonna plant, some are gonna water, some are gonna, you know, keep what? Till it up and keep it, you know. And keep adding until it grows. And all of a sudden, someday, somebody's going to come across and say, you know about Jesus? And they're going to say, yeah, Jan told me, Rob told me, Kaylee told me. Pray with me and lead me to Jesus Christ. And somebody's going to harvest that. Doing our part to evangelize. But we've got to tell them. They've got to hear it out of our mouths. Oh, you're such a nice, lovable person. You live such a nice, clean life. You've been married to the same woman for 40 years. You've been whatever. And they go on and on about how great you are. But they never say about Jesus. What good does that do if they see it and never hear it? You've got to speak the name of Jesus to people those are the three things that if nothing else that you can figure if you and God can't come up with something else and I know that God's called you to something else but sometimes we're too stubborn to listen and and I'm I go back to this there's no retirement in the kingdom of God and God's got a call on your life I've watched people who went to their deathbed still talking about Jesus and and, and ministering to people in the hospital when they're the one dying. Because this is not about us. It's about the kingdom of God. And it's about being obedient to the call that God has on our life until we take our last breath. We are to be warriors for the kingdom of God. And I believe that we are in a moment in time we are in that moment of time that if the church chooses retirement, chooses to, 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 to become dormant, to become stuck in their buildings, then we are going to die as a dead church. And the kingdom of God will suffer. Because we didn't take up our weapons and we didn't take up our warriorship and we didn't take the call of God and do what he called us to do. I believe with all my heart that Calvary has a calling. The people of Calvary have a calling as part of the church that lives in Sioux Falls, South Dakota to make an impact in this city. And we've got to step into our role or we are going to cause the rest of the kingdom to not benefit from what we can bring to the table it's time to step in to the call that God has in our lives what's God called you to it says that when we're called he also anoints you he'll provide calling is scary because it gets us out of our comfort zone and it puts our trust in him It's scary because we don't know the next step. It's like walking sometimes in the dark, in the woods. And you don't know if you're going off a cliff or you're going to put your foot on a solid rock. And sometimes when you're walking with God in that calling, it feels like you're walking off the cliff. And he never lets you down, though. Because his calling... And his purpose that he gives to you and has for you, he will anoint and he will direct. And even though you feel like you're blind, he's not. He has the whole path illuminated, he knows exactly what he's doing. You're called to follow, you're called to do, you're called to go. What's the call that God has on you? Now, if you're like me sitting in a service like this, I'm talking about my wife. I'm sitting there going, hmm, Goldie should be thinking about this. Man, Randy, I know she needed that today. And I'm looking at myself going, yeah, I don't need that. I don't want you looking at your neighbor, your spouse. This is about you. This is about you. What's god is calling you to do i want to read this again to you before i formed you in the womb i knew you before you were born i sanctified you i ordained you and put your calling there. Would you stand? That, Jeremiah 1 9, I think. Obedient to the call that God has on your life. I want you to close your eyes. My first question for you this morning is going to be one that I don't know if I've ever asked a congregation before in this detail or this question in in this format. Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? I'm not talking about, did you say a prayer somewhere along the line? I'm not talking about going to church for your life. I'm going, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ this morning? Are you communicating with him? Are you allowing him to speak into your life? If not, I want you to raise your hand and I want to pray with you this morning. I think sometimes we come to church all these years and we think we have connection to God. We think we, we have this. We're okay because we come to church. But it's all about relationship with Him. And I want you to really think about that this morning because none of the other stuff that we talk about this morning matters if we don't have that connection and that relationship with Him. So I ask you, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, do you have a relationship with Him? Do you communicate with Him? If that's you, if you're saying, no, I don't, I realized something this morning that I don't have, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. now a revelation of your presence would come upon those who have raised their hands God we realize that we're not in a game this is life this is eternity so God we agree with those who have raised their hands and say God come cleanse them from all unrighteousness Remove all doubt and give them the gift of eternal life right now. In Jesus' name we pray. We ask it to happen now, God, with a confidence and a power that says they can walk in the knowledge and the relationship with you. And you are going to speak into their lives. You're going to speak calling. You're going to speak purpose. For they are a chosen people. A royal priesthood. Because they're your children. Before the foundations of the earth, you knew them. And you sanctify them for this moment. God, move in their lives, I pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.